Well, good morning. I'll try that again. Hey, good morning. Guys, it smelled like chocolate. It's exciting up here. So my name's Chris Lyons. I'm the pastor of Children, Youth, and Family Ministries, and uh, just delighted to be able to, to share with you today. And I've been thinking about this, this passage, this story, especially right after Christmas, just how rich it is and the encouragement it is for each one of us. So in preparation, as I've been uh, thinking about what, what God's put in my heart to share with you, here, here's kind of what is mostly at the forefront of my mind. Waiting is hard. It is so hard to wait. Now, I know you're thinking, hey, buddy, we just did waiting for like weeks and weeks in Advent. It's Christmas time. Jesus has arrived. The Messiah is coming a diaper. We're, we're moving on. It's, it's exciting. You know, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let's go. Let's go. And I, it's true. All that is true. And yet, I've been thinking a lot about why waiting is so hard. Who in the room would say, for me, Waiting is hard. Great. Oh, that's awesome. The rest of you, Liars Anonymous, they meet on Tuesday nights. Oh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Right? Waiting is hard for all of us. It's true. Kiddos, kids out there, was it hard to wait for Christmas morning? Who thought it was hard to wait for Christmas morning? I remember as a kid, first you're waiting clear for school to stop so you can go on Christmas break, right? And then you're waiting to decorate your house. And then you're waiting as like, Presents start going underneath the tree and all the lights. And then that, that night before Christmas, falling asleep on Christmas Eve, so, so hard. But finally, Christmas morning comes, lots of joy. You open the presents, cinnamon rolls. Anybody? Christmas morning cinnamon rolls? Yeah, that's right. I'm with the faithful. That's well done. But, but the truth of the matter is, even on that very, very, very first Christmas morning, waiting was happening. Let me tell you what I'm thinking about. On that first Christmas morning, that Tuesday morning after Jesus was born, I don't know if it was a Tuesday, but I know for a fact it was an actual day. It actually happened. On that morning, who knew, who knew what had happened that night before? Do you guys know? Who knew? This is crowd participation. You're good. Kiddos, come up. Who knew? Shepherds, right? Shepherds, had, they had, and angels announced shepherds had come. There are two people pretty close to the scene. Who are they? Mary and Joseph. They're right there. And probably, you now the shepherds, it says, they went out and started telling everybody. But in that first 24 hours, they probably hadn't got to every mountain to go and tell it on, right? You know, they hadn't uh, got the word out beyond just their little circle. A handful of people in that er those early days had even known anything had gone on. It wasn't like the whole region was walking around saying, what child is this? What child is this? They were still waiting for the unfolding of what God's kingdom come had meant. And I think that's true for us as well, even all these years later. If we're honest, much of life is in this in-between in time of the experiences of miracles of God showing up in our lives. And if we're honest, most of us have pockets of our lives where we are waiting still for God to show up. Over the last couple of weeks, I've had many conversations with uh, close friends who are banking on God showing up in very specific ways in situations that feel hopeless for them then. I have friends who are, are watching relationships broken and they're waiting still. One friend was just telling me about all the friction in their family right now. Is God going to show up? I have a friend who's 
uh, anxious about the future. He doesn't know if he's going to have a job in the coming months. He's waiting for God to show up, still waiting. Maybe there's situations for you where you're, you're having a sense that the, you're unaware of what direction. You have a need for guidance. Or there's anxiety or there's stress or there's a health concern. Whatever your waiting place, you are needing God to show up in the right time. And it's true for me too that I, as I look back on my life, much of my life is an experience of waiting on God more than anything else. It's still Advent. Jesus came, yes, 2,000 years ago, but as Abigail said earlier, not all is right with the world. We're in this in-between time until he comes again to make all things right. And in that in-between time, we wait and we trust and we lean in. As I've been thinking about it, especially as we jump into Luke chapter 2, we're going to hear in this story the hope for all of us, the good news for all of us, that still waiting faith pays off. It pays off. We can trust God's promises. Think about the, all the promises we hear in the prophecy from Isaiah over these, these past weeks. Imagine this. Hundreds of years before the coming of Christ, these words were shared to Israel. How excruciating their waiting must have been. In our culture today, if you don't get a text message answered in three minutes, you're like, what's going on in the world, right? We are so, so, uh, it's so hard for us to deal with waiting. But in, in that season of 600 years of waiting, all of these scriptures pointing to the coming Christ. And as we hear from Luke chapter two, the experiences of the faith of these people, of Simeon, of Mary, of Joseph, of Anna, they are experiences that point to Christ as the promise come. So today, my, my hope for all of us is that, that God, by his spirit, he would show up in the corners of our lives where we have maybe lost some hope, where we're struggling, our, our eyes are downcast, and we're wondering if God is going to show up in these circumstances. I trust and believe as we, as we look at the story today, that we know that still waiting faith pays off. Would you please pray with me? Father, we know that uh, in that first Christmas, the, your love came down. I mean, Jesus, you came, God in a diaper, to be our salvation, to bring hope and peace and joy, and the weary world rejoiced. But when we're honest about our own circumstances, there are times and corners of our own lives where we are still very weary. And there are places in this world, places of struggle and distress that are weary too. It's still Advent. We're still waiting. So help us this, this day. Give us your hope, peace. Give us your joy. To know that in the real life circumstances, you're going to show up at just the right time in the ways that we need. And help us lean into that and trust that. Now, Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Waiting still. Consider, I mean, imagine that poor soul waiting for all these years, days after weeks, after months, after years of a promise the expectation, this might be the time, this might be the day, this might be the year 
where all my hopes and dreams are going to come alive. I've had all this expectation, this anticipation that my waiting is going to pay off. This might be the year. Of course, friends, I'm talking about the Rose Bowl. It's only been 18 years since the Huskies were in there. I'm an Ohio State fan. I wish you well. I was born in Ohio, so it's on my birth certificate. I root for the Buckeyes, which is a nut. It's true, we are. And yeah, it was really funny. Thanks for laughing at that. It was super fun. Um, but I'm not going to say exactly who's going to smell like roses, but I expect that it's probably my Buckeyes, but I'll be willing to take it if they don't. Now, obviously, it's a silly football game, so I don't want to talk about a silly football game. But what we're going to talk about in this text is that waiting does pay off. Now, I did, I've been to a couple of silly football games in my life, and I was thinking about this related to how much when we're stuck in a place of waiting, sometimes our vision gets clouded. Sometimes we actually lack vision or uh, the view to actually see what's going on. You know, if you're anything like me, when I get discouraged, when I get disillusioned, my eyes drop down, and I'm just so aware that things are blurry out there, and I wonder if God is at work at all. I think for even the stories in scriptures, times when our visions get clouded. So uh, let me tell you about this experience. I was at a football game. I was at the Ohio State uh, Michigan game a couple years ago. And I did get to see, you know, the script Ohio for the band. So cool. But it had been a bucket list thing for me to get to this game for all these years. Paid many, many dollars to get my tickets. And I finally sat down and this is what I got to look at. Ohio State won in double overtime in that end zone. <laughs> so I sort of knew that action was happening on the field, but I couldn't see it. My view was blocked. I, was, I had blind spots. Well, okay, I'll be honest. I crawled up in the stranger's net lap next to me, and I saw it just fine. So it was not, not awkward at all. But, but this reminds me that we, we've got to be honest to say we have blind spots when it comes to these places of waiting. There are times where we're wondering, gosh, are you active at all? And our faith on, in our heart, we would know God has promised to be Emmanuel with us. And we're going to see that lived out in this beautiful picture of still waiting faith in Luke chapter 2. A faith that waits and actually has a clear view of what's going on. Now this, this picture of still waiting faith that comes in three scenes, and I hope that and I pray that today that these scenes would connect to your own waiting place, that God would show up and give you hope. There's scenes of Simeon being moved by the Holy Spirit. Scenes of Mary and Joseph marveling at the blessing of Simeon. A scene of Anna going with a message of hope to all. Now before we read these stories, I gotta tell you, waiting sometimes gets a bad rap. I don't know what it is, but culturally, sometimes I think people look at waiting in a fatalistic kind of way. I have friends who always like saying, oh, it is what it is. It is what it is. But when we wait with hope, when we wait with faith, when we wait with expectancy that God will move, it's a totally different animal, friends. We can lean into it, believing that even though we don't see it, God is on the move. So keep that in mind as we look at these three scenes. Scene number one from uh, Luke chapter two. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon and he was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation, the comfort of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah and moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, he was eight days old. Simeon took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit. And so he went to that temple that day and in spite of all the discouragement, how many years of waiting, we don't know. But his response let me, lets me know it had been a long time that he'd been banking on this promise. But bigger than his disillusionment and his, his discouragement was his faith that had eyes wide open to see what God was doing in the midst. So open that he burst into song when he saw this young family. And I don't know, if you've looked at the first couple chapters of Luke, it reads like a musical. It's amazing. They're all the, it's like Hamilton or Les Mis or something. All these scenes where people just break into a joyful song because God is on the move. And Simeon does the same thing. Listen to the, the theme of his song. He says, God, your promise has been, it's been made true for me. I've waited and your promise has been worth it. I am good to go. I can pass away now in peace, Lord, because your promise has been made true. My eyes have seen, uh, my hands have held this baby Messiah's salvation in my presence. Salvation for all, not just for Jews, but for everyone. This joyful song of Simeon. Now, wouldn't it have been amazing to be a spectator in that courtyard that day? It was, I mean, for me, I just imagine it like this, like this Lion King moment where he picks up Jesus. He's like, ah, Savannah. I thought you were going to sing with me. What's going on? Right? It's just like singing out. But the, the crazy thing is that everyone else didn't turn around and bow like Rafiki and Simba. They just probably were like, that crazy Simeon. That crazy Simeon. Simeon didn't even care. He is holding in his hands the salvation. The waiting has been paid off this promise. And it cracks me up because for Simeon, it's just this take me Lord moment. God, take me Lord. I am so overjoyed. My life is fulfilled in this moment. You can take me. I don't know if you've ever had one of those situations that like so much satisfaction. You're like, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I was thinking about this for me personally. Uh, when I moved up last summer, with my family, my, my son Joey and I like to go on Jeep trips. So I have this old 1983 CJH Jeep, and we were driving it up. It took us several days because you can't be on the freeway because, you know, bolts fall off and stuff like that. And so we took us several days. We visited the, the capital, went up on the Olympic Peninsula. And our last day, we're driving in, and you got to yell over the engine, you know, because it's one of those old Jeeps. And, and we're driving, and Joey says to me, hey, Dad. And I'm like, what, Joey? He says... When you die, can I have your Jeep? Oh, take me, Lord. I'm good to go. It's like the, the one thing I wanted to hear from my son. And so I'm like, yeah, definitely. So it's, you know, I'm not leaving anytime soon, but he can have my Jeep if it stays together. Anyhow, obviously that's a silly story. But for me, it was like just a tiny, tiny taste. For Simeon, he's, he's serious. We don't know if he passed right away, but he's like, promises fulfilled. I'm good to go. Makes me think about you and I. I wonder, when was the last time that you remember being so moved by the Holy Spirit that you were just blown away, so aware that God was active in your life? 
Maybe it's been a long time. But if you've experienced that, I think part of these stories are to remind us to hold on to hope. When we're in these waiting places, Simeon was moved by the Spirit and points us to hold on to hope. Scene two, Mary and Joseph. The child's father and mother, they marveled at what was said about Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit. Mary and Joseph, they marveled at the blessing, the blessing of Simeon. They were amazed and marveled at it. Think of what it had been like to be this young couple in those early days. Jesus is only a week old. But what they'd experienced over these, these months, visits from angels, dreams about the birth of their baby, right? Crazy things. They'd gone to Bethlehem and then visited by shepherds who told about other angels. Now, sometimes I think we can kind of get uh, so much distance from this story that we can forget these are real life people. And they had a brand new newborn baby. And they must have been exhausted. They're still relying on the hospitality of strangers. And they come into the temple in Jerusalem to have their baby dedicated. And I think about um, just how fatigued and overwhelmed they must have been. And then in that moment, Simeon comes right up to him, makes a beeline and just, just sings out this promise that has been given, this prophecy over their child. And scripture says they marveled. Actually, the Greek word for it literally means this. Minds blown. The same word comes up time and time again in the Gospels. 30 years later, when Jesus would teach or do miracles, the crowds were amazed at Jesus. 30 years earlier, Mary and Joseph were amazed. They marveled at the promise of this song of Simeon. This moment of blessing. And the preview it was of the coming attractions of their, their little baby. You know, this, this child who would become a stone, a cornerstone of people's faith, but a stumbling stone. Everyone who would encounter Jesus would fall. They would stumble over him either to fall away in unbelief or falling on, on their knees in worship. You can't be neutral about Jesus. But those were many, many, many years to come. So I think there's a sense in this blessing that Simeon gives them of don't forget this moment, Mary and Joseph. Don't have spiritual amnesia of all that's gone on for you because you will be waiting still for 30 years until Jesus' public ministry starts. 30 years. And in the meantime, hold on to these promises and trust. They marveled in that moment. I Think about as my family and I were preparing to move up here, even before we knew that we were coming, we just were unsettled. God was going to move us somewhere. We believed it. And so we received the call. We were preparing. We did some counseling as a family. And our counselor had us draw a picture of how we were feeling emotionally in the moment. And so I drew a picture of a trapeze bar like this and me in the middle screaming in a trapeze trapeze bar like this and I was in midair and I wrote on it God has been faithful in the past God will be faithful in the future 
And I think that I found that picture recently and I just need to frame it because that's the kind of thing that Simeon was reminding Mary and Joseph of. Don't have spiritual amnesia. There's times where God shows up like, oh my gosh, God did this huge God thing in my life. And two weeks later, I'm stressed out about a tiny little thing and I'm amazed at the amnesia in my life. Mary and Joseph marveled in such a way that I believe it helped them hold on while they waited to the promises that were found in Jesus. How about you? When was the last time that you so marveled in God showing up at just the right time that it was fuel for your faith that you could hold on tight to that in the meantime while you've been waiting in another area of your life? I hope that's something you can think of and something you can hold on to. Scene three. There's also a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Penuel, who was of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit. Mary and Joseph, they marveled at the blessing of, of Simeon. And then Anna went with a message of hope. Anna, like, like Simeon, was, was an ancient person of faith. I mean, I imagine Simeon being old, but scripture actually says how old Anna is, 84 years old. She'd probably been a widow 60 plus years. And it was her habit to just wait in that courtyard for what, what God was going to do to show up in worship, to show up in prayer. And she didn't miss the Lion King moment. She was the one who ran up overflowing with worship, overflowing with gratitude to this couple and looking at this baby. And then her response was to go with this message of hope. Whereas Simeon was like, I'm good to go, Lord, you can take me. I'm done here. Anna, as old as she was, said, I'm not done at all. I got to go with this message. I've got to let others know that hope has come in this baby Jesus. I have to believe that she took every opportunity to share about her experience in those moments. Again, not knowing exactly what was happening, but that some, something was unfolding. God's kingdom was arriving. It was coming. And there was hope for all. She went as a messenger. And friends, if you have experienced being moved by the Holy Spirit, if you've experienced marveling at God showing up, then we too are messengers as well. Called to go with hope. And I want you to hear this too. Our message is actually made most powerful when we can be honest and authentic about the hard times in life, the valleys as well as the mountaintops. Because the Christian walk isn't all about everything turning out peachy and smelling like roses. It's that Jesus says, in this world you have trouble, take heart, I've overcome the world. I will be with you. For Anna, God showed up right there in such a way that she couldn't help but respond by going with a message. Anna went with that message of hope. Mary and Joseph, they marveled at Simeon's words and Simeon was so moved by the spirit. They all demonstrate to us that a still waiting faith pays off. In my own life, I think about um, what's the situation where I felt like 
waiting was most worth it. And the first story that comes to mind uh, is about this, this girl I met a while ago. We started dating a full month before the Navy owned her for four years. Drop dead gorgeous Lisa Lyons, lieutenant, junior grade. And Lisa then spent four years on the East Coast serving in Virginia Beach while I was in Portland. Before FaceTime, before Skype, before free long distance. You guys remember when 10 cents a minute was cheap long distance? Oh my goodness. Practically before email. But I, and I can't say that I was moved by the Holy Spirit, but I knew that I knew that I knew that this girl was worth waiting for. And for our, our relationship to make it, we had to rely on God and, and see the miracles and the ways that he showed up that our relationship survived. And then six days after she came home from the Navy, we got married and we've been married almost 20 years now. So that's pretty darn fun. But I'm reminded of that time and time and time again. When God shows you that something's good, he demonstrates that something's worth waiting for. And in our own lives, if we can remember the places in which we've marveled at the goodness of God, the ways in which we've been so moved by God's spirit for us personally that we can't help but respond and trust. So, so how about you today? What, what about that waiting place where you're most needing God to show up? Because there are times where we experience a miracle like Simeon and Anna but most of the time, we are waiting for it. True? Most of the time, we are waiting for it. As we wait, we can wait with joy. If there's, if there's a word to sum up the Christmas season, it's this word joy. We can wait with expectant joy. Listen to how R.C. Sproul speaks to us about this. Christians should be the most joyous people in the world because we have so much to be joyous about. That is why Paul does not hesitate to command his readers to rejoice. It is anxiety that robs us of our joy. What is anxiety but fear? Fear is the enemy of joy. And it's hard to be joyful when you're afraid. My friends, as you consider that waiting place for you, I'm certain there's fear in that. Tangled and twisted and wrapped up in that. Know that the perfect love of God wants to cast out all fear. That that Emmanuel, God with us, comes to be with you even as you wait. So that we can trust and lean in that, that we're not alone in it. God will be there with us and for us. So I'm going to challenge you uh, right now, challenge all of us, encourage us. We're going to do a little bit of sharing time like Anna. Now we missed the minute mingle, so we're going to do four minutes of uh, sharing together. And you're already mad at me about the Ohio State thing, so no problem. So what I'd love for you to do is I'm going to have you turn to someone that you didn't come to church with, may, hopefully even from a different generation, introduce yourself and, and conversation on one of these things. Who in the story do you most relate to today? Or what's one way you try to remember God's goodness in your life? Or what's a place where you're really waiting still for God to show up or seeing God show up when you're waiting? So turn and I'll give you four minutes Ready, team, go. All right, friends, maybe another 30 seconds. You can kind of wrap up. I love this sound. You know, friends, um, Thank
I got, I got this. The reason, the reason I love this sound So the reason that I really love this sound is that this is what the church is supposed to be about. We're actually not supposed to just come and look forward. We're supposed to turn our chairs and encourage each other on this journey. I just uh, had a lovely conversation. Someone said, you know, seasons of prayer push us, or seasons of waiting push us to pray when we don't know what else to do. And I'm like, dang, I should have wrote that in my sermon. That was good. So I'm, six o'clock, I'm going to totally steal it. I'm going to totally steal it for six o'clock. I hope you're encouraged as, as you got to hear the story of another friend. And to be reminded that Simeon, Mary, Joseph, Anna, these are real life flesh and blood people who held the real life flesh and blood Messiah, baby Jesus in their hands. And in spite of all the waiting and uncertainty, they trusted I hope that we can actually leave this day, no matter what our circumstance of waiting, that waiting place, filled with joy. One of my favorite quotes about the Christian life comes from Brennan Manning, and he says, if you've, I mean, he kind of insinuates a few people, been, if you've been so moved by God's spirit, you've marveled at what God's doing, you've accepted Christ, and you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, would you please inform your face, <laughs> Right? We are people who can go with joy to know that God's promises are true for us. Proverbs 13, 2, or 12 rather. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. For Anna, her longing was fulfilled. For Simeon, his longing was fulfilled. Mary and Joseph, their longings fulfilled. The weary world is rejoiced while our, our longings fulfilled in the person of Jesus. And even still for us in those places of waiting, we can trust, lean into our faith knowing that our longing can be fulfilled there and God wants to show up with this perfect timing in the ways we need. Would you please pray with me? God, we're thankful for the encouragement that uh, in times of waiting, you've not forgotten us. And even though sometimes our sight, we can have blind spots, we can be discouraged, our eyes can be downcast. Lord, you want to lift our eyes in great hope and joy to know that still waiting faith pays off. Help us lean into you and trust you to be good because we know that you are. In Jesus' name, amen.